get started tonight if we can please we want to begin tonight by expressing our uh, sincere appreciation to you for being here tonight uh, we are blessed to have uh, some guests tonight and we're always honored to have visitors hope you won't rush off too quickly we are missing a few folks tonight uh, they're at various camps uh, this week, and I'm sure that that's going to be the case for the rest of the summer. But we have uh, quite a few who are gone this week, and uh, we hope that uh, their week at camp is going well and that they'll be spiritually strengthened as a result. I hope you were able to pick up a bulletin on your way in tonight. If not, please do so before you leave. It'll have updates on the sick as well as some activities that are going on. I want to mention our youth. Uh, you're going to have singing in a park, singing in the park, uh, this coming Sunday, July the 9th. Uh, the bus will leave the tack at 3 p.m. Also, uh, I have a message from Stephen uh, Hodgen that all campers who are going to Maywood uh, Session 8, along with a parent, need to attend an important informational meeting in the little chapel following our worship on Sunday morning. So uh, if you plan to go to that week of Maywood, please plan to meet <clears throat> on Sunday morning. Also, uh, I want to mention uh, a marriage retreat that's coming up on August the 25th and 26th. Uh, this is with the Second Street Church of Christ. They're hosting this, and there's information about that uh, in the back that you can take with you and look at that if you would like to participate. 
you ladies are invited to a baby shower in honor of Laura Galloway and baby Miriam Ruth. That's this coming Sunday uh, from 1.30 until 3 in the annex. So ladies, uh, please keep that in mind. Uh, there's a couple of things I need to emphasize for the Golden Circle. First of all, our monthly lunch is coming up on July the 11th uh, at 11.30. But this coming Friday is our scheduled uh, Wheeler Lake boat cruise, and we plan to leave at 7.30 uh, from the annex uh, this coming Friday morning. And please listen carefully to this. We have 24 who have signed up, and if you cannot go, uh, I'm sure there's somebody that would like to go in your place. So if you plan on not going or if something comes up, please let me know as quickly as you can about that so that we can make room for somebody else. I'm sorry we're limited to 24, and I'm even sorrier to Rick that we can't go to Two Fat Sisters. They're doing maintenance work this week, and they're closed, Rick. I'm sorry. But we got something just as good that I'll tell you about on Friday. I've already been working on that today, and it may be even better than Two Fat Sisters. So uh, it's not going to be three skinny ants either, so you, you'll like it. <laughs> I believe that's all the announcements that I have tonight. I do hope you'll plan to be here on Sunday morning. Uh, our worship will be at 930. We'll have Bible classes for all ages at five o'clock, and I hope you'll uh, make your plans to be here and bring somebody with you. For our devotional tonight, Chris Langley is going to be leading our singing. Brother Adam Carlson will lead our prayer. Good evening. I would invite you to open your song books unless you know the songs from memory. And uh, we'll sing a couple of songs uh, to get us started off uh, tonight. Uh, first, we'll sing number 456, just one verse of this song, 456. There's a rainbow in a cloud. Let's sing. As I journey here with the toil and tears, Number 722. Of course, we just uh, finished celebrating the 4th of July. And one thing that I've observed, and it may just be me, I don't know, maybe you've seen the same thing. I'm afraid, just generally speaking, there's a growing lack of appreciation in our nation for the freedoms that we enjoy, particularly among the younger generation. You know, freedom is something that we ought never to take for granted because it costs so much to obtain and it can be easily lost if we don't appreciate it and if we don't protect it. But I wanna think about our freedom in Jesus Christ. You know, it's wonderful to be a Christian. 
And one of the blessings that we have as Christians is the freedom that we have through Christ Jesus, our Lord. But that freedom is also something that costs much. God willingly stepped in with his plan when we could do nothing in and of ourselves. And he sent his son to this earth to live a sinless life and to ultimately give of himself on that old rugged cross for the sins of the world. John 3 and verse 16, you know, tells us that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. Romans 5 and verse 8 informs us that God showed his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we need to understand that because of what God has lovingly and graciously provided for each of us, we owe him our commitment. We owe him our undying allegiance. We need to make sure that we're always seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6, and never take for granted what Jesus Christ has done for us that's provided our salvation. So I want to ask you tonight as we sing this song of encouragement, do you really appreciate, honestly, do you appreciate what God through Christ Jesus has done for you? Could it be maybe that you've taken that for granted? Maybe you've not been focused spiritually like you need to be. Maybe there's some changes that you need to make. Or there may be someone here tonight who is outside the body of Christ and maybe you need to know the joy of salvation by coming tonight and rendering obedience to the gospel, demonstrating your faith by repenting of your sins, making that confession that Jesus is the Son of God and tonight being baptized into Jesus Christ, contacting his saving blood there as you're buried with the Lord in baptism. And tonight you can arise from that watery grave, a new creation forgiven of every sin you've ever committed. And so tonight, if we can help you or assist you in any way, we ask that you come now while we stand and sing. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me.
after the prayer, we will sing our teachers to their classes. Let us bow. Our Heavenly Father, we again come before you. We're so grateful for this great privilege of being able to be here this evening as your people for the purpose of studying your word. And we pray that our hearts will be opened and that we will be attentive to the th and receptive to the things that are going to be taught to us. We thank you for all those who are teaching, and we pray that you will be with them and grant to them wisdom to properly address the subjects that they intend to address and that we will use those things in some way in which to not only help us, but also perhaps to be able to help others as we have the opportunity. We ask your blessings to be upon those who are away and will soon be returning back to us. We pray that you will give them safety in all things, and if it be your will that they do return to us, we ask you to be with those of our number that are struggling in various ways with health challenges. We pray that they will be strengthened, that they will look into you, and that you will be with each and every one that is administering care to them in various ways. We're also mindful of those who are struggling perhaps with their faith for whatever reason, and we pray that they too will be comforted and strengthened and May we too minister to them as we have opportunity, and may they return unto you. We ask you to watch over us, to be with us in all things, and always guide us and care for us. And for this we ask, and in Christ's name, amen. And as our teachers make their way to the classes, let's sing the first verse of number 721. 721. This is an old one we probably haven't sung in a long time. So. Let's sing a little bit lower than what it's read. My latest son is singing as my grace is
great time just to slow down the middle of the week and take it all in. Yes. We had a little holiday and appreciate the comments that were made. Hope that we are appreciative of our freedoms and saw some of you out and about doing various activities. There are a lot of things happen around us here that kind of special. I didn't know that so many people could fit in Jay Senna. Uh, if you went out there for that deal, it is unbelievable. But anyway, appreciated that, appreciated the uh, parade here in town. It's just a lot, of, a lot of neat things. I like the patriotism around here. Uh, before we get started with our Bible class, I have this list of folks and I appreciate those of you that come to me. You have prayer concerns. Go ahead and you actually spell their name out for me ahead of time so I can put them in here. Really appreciate that. And some of you have given, given me some updates about folks and thank you for that too. Irene Baker, Melinda Hester's, Hester's mother has terminal cancer. Austin Wentz is taking treatments for cancer. Wade Davis still missing after over a year now. Uh, saw Sue this weekend and she just has a very sweet, positive demeanor about her. Uh, Bobby Petty is Joe Garrett's friend. He has lung cancer. Kelby Smith is Doug's dad. He has Parkinson's. Ben Roberts has cancer. Paul Rollison has cancer. Lex Crossan has some health problems. Marty Woodruff and his wife Donna both have cancer. You, have you heard any updates about Eli? Okay, well, I'm assuming he's still taking treatments or maybe he's begun radiation by now, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, James Goddard has cancer. John Roten has Parkinson's disease. Ann Langford's a friend of Lisa Peaks. She has pain due to arthritis. Emma Hutton has Hodgkin lymphoma. Paul Nichols has stage four cancer. Sharon Strickland has cancer. Grayson Miller has cancer. Scotty Ennis, who's a cousin of Laurie's, uh, he had a stem cell treatment and I'm assuming that's gone well. Paul Goldman has lymphoma. Pat Moore has breast cancer. Teresa Bertram has pancreatic cancer. Laura Galloway is pregnant and doing well. And Lauren Brumlin, Brumley's doing well with her pregnancy. Linda Garrett is right now dealing with shingles. And so don't worry, Joe went out and he's, get, he's getting him that vaccine. <laughs> But she is really experiencing a lot of pain, you know, with the nerve endings and so forth. So that, along with her treatments, is pretty devastating physically. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Uh, remember Dave and Lynette Woodrow, they're dealing with some problems. Larry Muse is Joe's friend. He has cancer. Lennox Kenimer, five years old, has leukemia. Uh, Roy Taylor is going to be getting a stent next Tuesday, so I guess he's making some progress. We're glad for that. Uh, Minnie Yarbrough is Rick's aunt. She uh, fell recently, but just has, she's 93, so 90, not, okay, well, I'm sorry, I mean to assume too much, 90, okay, young. 
Micah McBrayer, four years old, takes treatments at St. Jude. Joy Jamison uh, is making some improvement, but um, he's got some, he's got a ways to go. Uh, Janie Toller, remember in uh, her recovery, Flora Warner, uh, we just want to remember her. Uh, Sybil Tollison has Alzheimer's, that's Jerry's neighbor. Rachel Daniels is in rehab. Jeremy Owens is also recovering from surgery. Rita was here on Sunday. Uh, Martha Eaton, uh, she's recovering from a fall and had several falls last week. She broke some ribs. Sherry Floyd fell and broke the bones in her leg. She's recovering from surgery. Loxley Eaton's taking can uh, treatments for cancer. Callie Allison's having seizures. Any update on that, Rick? Patricia Davis is Jerry's sister. She's recovering from surgery. She doing okay? Julian Roberts dealing with some back pain. Uh, Randy Stutz has prostate cancer and he's gonna be evaluated in Birmingham on the 17th. So that's coming around pretty quickly and we're, we're glad they can evaluate him that way. Pam Farr has some health issues. Remember her and her recovery. Ann Waller, who is Shirley Taylor's friend, and also uh, her and her husband and past members here, she had to have a stent surgery recently. Uh, Bonnie Warner is recovering from surgery. She doing okay? Okay, good. Yeah. Elizabeth Hubbard is Joanne Roberts' niece. That's her uh, brother's daughter. She passed away this morning, so we want to remember the Hubbard family. And Gabe George, who is Abby's brother, is in local hospital with sepsis. Anyone else? I was contacted by Stella Potts. She was a former member here, and she's having surgeries. I think more than one, starting with her eye, the summer while she's off from school. It's Stella. Stella. It's Stella. Whatever. <coughs> Surgery? Yeah. So, uh, more than one, I think, from what she said. Okay. I believe she's still attending at Science Press. Okay, pray for her for sure. Yes, Martha. Amy Bailey. And I can't hear because of that. that's my excuse. Andy Bailey. Oh, 
Okay. Uh, Sue Mason texted me. She wants you to know she's not here because she is not well, but we'll pray for her too. Anybody else? Larry Richardson. In surgery now or? I'm sorry. Okay, we definitely will pray for that. All right, thank you for being here. I know there are a lot of things on your hearts and we'll pray for these folks. And you remember uh, those folks that are just weighing on you uh, while we're praying, okay? Let's bow together. Our Father, thank you for a great day today. And thank you for our health and strength. We thank you for the freedom that we were reminded of and just so many blessings that you shower upon us. Lord, help us just to be aware and so grateful. And when we think especially about our health, here are all these folks that are suffering and we're praying, Lord, that you will bless them if it's your will that they'll recover. But certainly, Lord, that they'll be comforted or just have, have good days ahead. Just pray good things for these people that we love and know. Bless Irene Baker that she can have good quality days with her family. Bless Austin Wentz, strength to endure his treatments. Be with the Davis family as they still have so many questions about Wade's disappearance. We pray for Bobby Petty, who is uh, dealing with cancer, and we pray recovery for him. Be with Kelby Smith and his battle with Parkinson's. We pray for Van Roberts, who has pancreatic cancer. Please be with Paul Rollison and his cancer. We ask your blessings on Lex Crossan that his health would improve. Bless Marty Woodruff and his wife Donna who have cancer. We pray for Eli Johnson that he can uh, endure his treatments. We pray for James Goddard who has cancer, for John Roten who has Parkinson's disease. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless him with good days and strengthen him and bless Peggy too as she tends to him. We pray for Ann Langford, who's dealing with extraordinary pain. Bless Emma Hutton, Paul Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis, Paul Goldman, Pat Moore, and Teresa Burcham, who have cancer. We ask your blessings on Laura and Lauren as they go through the progress of their pregnancies, and we pray health for the mothers and the babies. Be with Linda Garrett as she just has this complication with the shingles. We pray that you'll give her relief from the pain she's been experiencing. Pray for Barbara Foster and her battle with cancer. Pray for the Woodrows that you will encourage them. We pray for Larry Muse who has cancer. Bless Lennox Kenimer who has cancer. We're thankful that Roy Taylor is receiving treatments and we pray that this upcoming stent surgery will help to relieve a lot of his problems. Bless Minnie Yarbrough 
with good days. Be with Micah McBrayer and his family as they make trips to St. Jude for treatment. We pray for Joey Jameson that he can make the lifestyle changes that are necessary to promote his health. Be with Janie Toller in her recovery. Bless Flora Warner that she'll have good days. We pray for Sybil Tollison and her family as she's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Bless Rachel Daniels in her rehab. Be with Jeremy Owens as he's trying to recover from recent surgery on his brain. Bless Martha Eaton with recovery, but also that she'll not fall anymore. Pray for Sherry Floyd that her recovery will be full and she can have good use for her leg again. Bless Loxley Eaton, who's taken treatments for cancer. For Callie Allison, who's been having these seizures. We pray for Patricia Davis in her recovery, and we're glad to hear that she's doing well. Bless Joanne Roberts that she can find some relief from her back pain and that maybe doctors can determine the exact source of that and treat it. Lord, we pray for Randy, who's making plans to go to Birmingham for evaluation. We pray that he's getting to just exactly the right place with the right doctors that will be able to plot a course of healing for him and that soon this, this setback in his health will be a thing of the past and he'll be well again. We pray for Pam Farr that her health will return to her and she'll be good and strong well. Bless Ann Waller as she's to have stent surgery and we pray it's a success. We pray for Bonnie Warner that her recovery will be complete and that she will do well following her surgery. Bless Sue Mason who doesn't feel well tonight and just thank you for the attitude that she has, her desire to serve you. We pray for the Hubbard family in Elizabeth's death and we just pray comfort for everybody involved. Bless Gabe George, who's in the hospital with sepsis. We pray he'll get treatment that will rid his body of this infection. We pray for Stella Potts, who's enduring several surgeries. And we just pray that whatever's prescribed for her healing, that it will result in that. Be with Andy Bailey, who's in a, in a dire strait right now. We pray that the measures that doctors are taking are going to help to get him past this setback in his health. And we pray for Larry Richardson, who is even right now uh, probably in surgery. And we pray that that surgery, whatever the extent of that, we pray that it will promote healing in him. Lord, bless us as we continue talking about what the Bible has to say about tending to our families, especially as we think about what will help us to have just an ideal environment in our homes. Help those of us who are leaders in those homes to promote these kinds of positive things and that members of our families will respond to that. We can enjoy everything that you were intending for us in these families as we commit ourselves to you and to your service. Thank you for the blessing of that. And thank you for the blessing of the church as it is itself a family. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so last time we got through half 
Now it stops. Got through half of your homework. And hey, we're, we're going to get back to it because I don't want to leave you hanging. So we're going we're gonna to begin on the third section. We've already talked about the commitment that we have to have in families. We had 10 different scenarios that are identifiers or markers of success in our family. If you saw that you're strong there, then keep it strong and keep building on it. If you saw some areas that need growth, then give attention to that and grow in those areas so that they become strengths as well. We also looked at appreciation and affection. That's really tending to one another emotionally. Again, we have 10 different questions or scenarios or observations about our families that we were trying to measure. And again, those things that are strengths in your appreciation and affection, be thankful for that. Those things that need to grow, give attention to them. And then the last thing that we talked about was positive communication because how we're tending to one another verbally, that stuff sticks in our brain. And whether we mean it as a joke or not, uh, how we treat one another verbally has a lot to do with how that relationship is going to go moving forward. And, you know, a few shots here and there pile up and over time they can create a lot of negativity in our lives. Who needs more negativity in their life? Raise your hand. Okay, but no negativity. Okay, well, thank you for that. That's a wonderful segue into this section of our discussion. So I have handed out 90 of these packets so far, 90 of them. I have 20 more. And if, first of all, if you were not here and you never in your whole life received one of these, then raise your hand and if I could have some help, someone would hand these out for me. <laughs> well, if you, if you have one, you know, if you don't. <laughs> uh, it's been a couple of weeks ago. Okay, uh, if you'll raise your hand, my lovely assistants will hand out the 20 that I have until they are gone. And then once they're gone, then if you will let me know, I will endeavor to get a copy to you because I think that these are helpful. And, and also this, this, this is an exercise in this class for awareness. We're going through this so that you know the kinds of things that you're looking for in your family that relate to the specific lessons that we taught. Well, each one of these has been an independent lesson in the past. So if you don't remember that that happened, you can go back on Facebook and see those lessons that correspond with these major headings. These questions are to help us make the application of those lessons to our lives. So if I see that there are things in our family that are in place that are strengths, then yay. That, that's wonderful. If I see areas that need attention, then I need to give attention to them so that I can enjoy everything within that particular area of emphasis that God wants me to enjoy in my families. It's, it's that simple. Now, tonight we're going to begin with the idea of spending time together. And again, we have 10 different questions that are related to your relationship with your family members. We're going to begin that with a text that we examined during our class time, just as a reminder, but I'm going to expand it. In the class, we looked at 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. That just sets the scenario. But you know what? The other day I was reading that. I thought, wait a minute. The whole power of that is what comes through in the following seven verses. So we will have our famous reader uh, take care of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Very familiar text. But just listen to how this thing unfolds, and then I'll have something to say about that here in a moment before we go through these questions. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Thank you, Rick. That was beautiful. I'd wipe that tear away just a second. Okay, so what is being described in those eight verses? Time. Your life. Your life. Time in your life. It doesn't all happen at once, yes? But it happens over time. And, and what is... What is strongly emphasized here is that there are incredible contrasts that happen in your life. What you have to do is to create an environment in your family that is able to weather the contrasts that exist in a lifetime. Or in a family, you're dealing with multiple lifetimes that are just overlapping. And so as you have experienced things in life, you spend time with especially the younger members in your family, but you spend time with the other members of your family. So that as these experiences of life come, and each member may experience them in, in different degrees, different maybe different phases in life, as you are experiencing them, then together you're able to uphold and encourage each other. But there is no substitute for getting to know one another to face those experiences. And the only way you're going to get to know the most important people in your life is by spending time with them. Okay? So we're, what we're trying to do, can, can these things, these 10 things that I'm about to list, can these things be said about you and your family? Can it be said that we eat meals together regularly? Stop right there. Why is that important? Why does that even matter? That's where you communicate. That is, you think about it. When is it that you really talk? We do. I don't think we're unique. It's when we sit down to the table and we're eating. It is just like the conversation flows. Now, let me tell you this. When our daughter went off to nursing 
school and she came back with her nursing friends and we were all sitting around that table talking. They decided they wanted to talk about the worst possible things they had seen in the hospital experience. That wasn't really that good. <laughs> in fact, that was pretty horrific. And I kept thinking, please stop. <laughs> but it, it's in those, in those kinds of environments around food that things just relax. When we have a fellowship, we call it a fellowship meal. But what's at the center of the fellowship meal? It's the food, right? We enjoy sitting down and eating and experiencing one another. Can it be said that we do house and yard chores together? Why would that be important? Another time that we really get to experience one another and build bonds is when we are working together, when we're doing a job. If you've ever been on a mission trip or you were in school and, and you were on a team, you were working together toward a common goal, what happened to that group? I know that Larry, I think once a month, that state championship team still gets together. Why do they do that? Because they've built a relationship together. They've been through something together. Now, I will say this. I can re Anita and I have talked about this several times, and we can only think of one time in our entire life when we had all three of our children come out in the yard and do yard work. But now my daughter thinks that she is like the most awesome yard working person. And when she remembers it, it's like her entire childhood was wrapped up in working in the yard. I promise you, she only worked in that yard one time in her life, but it made such an impression on her. She thinks it was her whole childhood. When you work with your children, not just in the yard, but you're doing things with them, it, it, it creates an environment where you can communicate. If, if you have a son and you say, boy, he's hard to talk to, let me tell you what you do. You take him out there and you play basketball with him or you play some kind of sport. All of a sudden, they just open up. And if your experience is anything like mine has been, they will tell you things you didn't ask. I mean, they will just share and share and share because... Doing things, activity creates some deep camaraderie. When we participate in religious activities together, do you do that with your family? Isn't it special, especially as you become a grandparent maybe, when you have your whole family show up one Sunday to sit on the pew with you and to worship as a family? Those are special, special times. Can you say that we as a family, we attend school and social activities together? Or are we disjointed? You know, we're so divided in what we do. We, we practically don't know each other. We don't participate in the same things. If that is true, that's something we need to work on. We need to, we need to limit our activities so that we're all together and encouraging one another in those things. Can you say that you celebrate holidays, birthdays, anniversaries as a family? These days makes it a lot easier to be present in that you can, you know, you can see video, uh, video conferencing on the, on the phone. That, that is, to me, an amazing development. But still, there's nothing quite like being present with one another. Can you say that you and your family take vacations? 
leaving home and going to another place creates its own amount of stress and frustrations. But guess what? In that stress and in those frustrations, we again, we bond. And your children may not remember everything that you did during a summer at home, unless it's yard work, but they will most likely remember that special vacation that you took. I know people that even borrow money in order to go on vacations because they want to build memories for their children and their children will remember those things the rest of their lives. Can you say that we have good times together that are unplanned and spontaneous? There's all of a sudden something happened or somebody showed up or something broke that we didn't expect. And we all kind of had to rally together in order to take care of that thing. We need to have those kinds of moments and then act and react in appropriate ways. Can you say that we take time to be with each other? Intentional time. I want to spend time with you. Let's make an appointment. You know, go so far as to set aside the time. Uh, can you say that you spend good quality time together? For me, one of the most special things that I remember about my grandfather is that he would sit down and really talk with me. Deep conversations. I remember him on several occasions breaking into tears, remembering his life when he was about my age. And so I would tell him what it's like now. And, you know, the reminiscing about those things really helped bond my grandfather and me in ways that I don't think otherwise we would have been able to do that. We're just sitting down and intentionally talking. Now, as you've gone through those, what you did, look at it, say, oh, all those are strengths. Hooray, 100%. Great. Then stay strong in that. Stay strong in spending time, quality time with your family members. If there are areas that you didn't, haven't even thought about, Maybe the vacation thing is a foreign concept. Try that. You know, go off somewhere and do something with your family. That can be a powerful means of building relationship and report and certainly memories for the future. Look over that. There are some areas that I need to grow in. Then do your due diligence to give attention to that and to see that it becomes a strength. Okay? Spiritual well-being. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You know, this, this story that Jesus tells at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount is that moment where the audience is supposed to start doing some self-examination. Have I just been, this, this is the scenario, have I just been sitting here listening to Jesus' awesome sermon and just being enraptured by his words? Or am I at a point of decision? Because there are some people who just hear what Jesus has to say and then they go away and they don't do anything about it. But Jesus says that wise man, 
is the one who hears these sayings of mine and what? Does them. Puts them into practice. So I hear and then I put it into practice. Your spiritual well-being is dependent not on how many sermons you hear or how many Bible classes you've been through. But your spiritual well-being is a direct result of hearing it and then what? (laughs) Doing it, implementing it, putting it into practice. Okay, so we've been studying these things. And the reason we go through this list, because I, I need to examine it. How does this apply to me? So I'm, I'm again, I'm asking myself, can, can these things be said of me and my family, of, of what's going on in my family relations? Because if they are, if these are strengths, then I'm going to have a huge degree of spiritual health. That's well-being, spiritual health. How, how, how might I quantify it? Well, can, can I say that we believe that God has a purpose for us? You know, are we just kind of drifting around here or is God using us? I mean, we're reminded every Sunday evening here, the children are anyway, that, you know, we're special. Well, why am I so special? Because God has a purpose, right? We are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, that key text, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20, you are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. I mean, we have a reason for being. So we need to examine ourselves. Is, is, that, is that a big part of what our family is about? Do we see ourselves as being used by the Lord, having a purpose? Can it be said that we have moral beliefs and values that guide us? Boy, that is a big one for today, yes? If you don't rein in your children and watch the kind of things that they are receiving as daily nourishment from school systems or from the internet, if you're not watching that, you're probably losing ground. You need to be very careful about the moral beliefs and the values of your children. Ask your children pointedly about what it is that they believe. Uh, Can you say with regard to your family that we have an outlook on life that's usually hopeful and confident? It's easy to fuel negativity. All you have to do is turn on the news. Yes, is that true? Because that's all it is, is negative. But in, in Christ, isn't it positive? I mean, we're trying to save the world. I don't have time to be thinking about how everything is falling apart because of worldliness. I'm trying to save souls, yes or no? Yes, and we've got to instill that in our children because they're the next wave of influence in this world. Can we say that we believe that God watches over and guides our family? I mean, are we that connected with God or do we just kind of drift around? Everybody kind of do whatever they want to. I don't think that's true, but we need to be careful to maintain that focus for our families. Can it be said that we're part of a church family? And when I say part of the family, I don't mean we just kind of put in our time. Are we active in that family? Get our kids involved in the activities of the church. Do you attend worship services as a family and do it regularly? Because what you establish now 
That's the pattern that your children, at least they're going to remember. Even if they fall away, they will have the memory of how things used to be. And maybe when they hit rock bottom, if that's the case, they'll remember that. But hopefully you will have instilled that along the way. That'll never happen to you. And you know what? Wonderful. Wouldn't that be great? The thing that we worry about the most, losing our children, would have been thwarted because we made the decision to be committed in our worship to the Lord. And we demonstrated that before them. Can it be said that you read and say the Bible and other Christian literature in the home? I mean, what is it that we entertain ourselves with, we feed ourselves with? You and I, we're responsible to that for our family. Do you spend time in prayer with your family? Do you meditate on God's word with your family? Do you apply spiritual values to everyday life? Some people just have a knack. No matter what happens, they'll say, well, now that reminds me of this verse of scripture. Or they don't even quote the text. It just like scripture flows out of their normal conversation. Isn't it amazing that that's the very thing that Deuteronomy chapter 6 encouraged those parents to do? To have that word of God everywhere before their children. Look at that list of 10 things. Are these strengths? Are there areas of growth that I need to tend to? If I need to attend to some things, then I need to get busy about it because this section, perhaps more than any, is going to be a basis upon which this family is going to have its future, our spiritual well-being. And then finally, we're trying to cope with stress and crises that come up in life. Everybody is going to face that at one time or another. So Rick, would you read for us Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, which has the encouragement and then the remedy for the problems that exist. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be not made known to God, unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of, are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Okay, so how well do you cope with stress and any crisis that comes up in your life? Do you do it with a positive mindset or a negative one? I'll tell you. We were watching The Family Feud the other night. Anybody ever watch The Family Feud? Okay. So at the end of Family Feud, they have what they're calling fast money. You know, the two come out there. The first one tries, tries to get about half of the points, and the second one gets the other half. I mean, that's fair. You really want more than that. Well, the wife went out there, and I think she got like 51 points. And then the husband comes walking out there and the host says, well, I got some bad news. Your wife only got 51 points. You know that husband, he said, well, then that means all the number ones are still up there. And I thought, that is, that is such a good husband. That is the most positive thing he could have said. You know, I'm going to make something. Now, I'm not going to tell you whether they won or not. You just want me to end with a fairy tale. But uh, I thought, that, that's it. You know, even when things are down, there are two ways to look at that. I could just join in and say, there's no hope. 
we're not going to, oh, I can't believe you just messed this whole thing up. Or do you say, you know, way to go. We can build on that. And only the best is still out there. I mean, I just, I love that attitude. That ought to be our attitude about everything. Always seeing the cup half full and not half empty. Not looking for the negative in everything, but looking for the positive. Just be that, be that light in somebody else's life. When they see you coming, I hope they're thinking, oh, what a breath of fresh air instead of, oh no, uh, oh no, oh no. I hope they don't, you know, I hope they don't come over here. So can you say that we don't give lots of attention or energy to worry? We are not, we are not worried because even if the absolute worst happened, we're still going to go to heaven, yes? Isn't that positive? I, honestly, if it were up to me, which you may be glad it's not, but if it were up to me, bang, it's over. I'm ready to go to heaven. I really am. I'm so thrilled about going to heaven, I'm ready to go right now. So don't worry about these incidentals. I mean, things are going to happen in life. They are. And things are difficult and challenging and make us cry and all that. Hey, peace, that's life. That's what we read just a moment ago from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. But one of these days, that's all going to be over and there'll be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There'll be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Yes, absolutely so. So we don't give lots of attention or energy to that kind of stuff. Can you say that we use humor to relieve stress and tension? I, I, I can't think of a specific case, but I know lots of times when things have been thick and one of us in our family would say something that was just, you can't be upset. You know, it just tickles you. And as bad as it, you, of course, eventually you get back to, <laughs> to the bad feeling of it. But there in just that glimmering moment of positivity and, and joy you can just experience a little bit of happiness. Do you take one day at a time? One step at a time sometimes, right? That's the way you've got to do it. If you keep thinking about how high this mountain is, it's going to wear you out before you even get halfway. How about let's just, let's just enjoy what we have right now. And if it's just today, today was a great day. Let's just enjoy that. Can you say that you eliminate some involvements when the schedules get too full? Do you ever stop and say, you know what, this is too much. This is wearing us out. It, it, th just the activity of it all is stressing us out. We need to back down and just deal with the things that are really important. Can you say that you give attention and energy to the most important things first? Yeah, prioritize your life. Give attention to things that really matter, that can't wait, and some of that other stuff probably can wait. Can you say that we manage to see some good in, even in bad situations? Because there's always some good in a bad situation, and to be honest, there's usually some bad in good situations. Don't always see the bad, but see the good in it. And do you seek help from your friends, from your church family, from your neighbors, when there is a crisis that exists. Uh, one good thing I saw recently when a lot of these trees were knocked out is people, friends, neighbors, they just kind of rallied together and got the work done. That happens a lot when there are hurricanes. We say, oh, that was devastating. But you know what the people down there do? They don't just work on their stuff. 
It's like, a, it's like a community of ants all of a sudden come out. And everybody's helping everybody else to get things done. That certainly happened with the tornadoes that swept through here. Do you call on spiritual resources? Do you ask God for help? Do you lean heavily on your faith? Do you have hope? That's what sustains us. I know that there's something better beyond this. Do you use good communication to share your feelings, to solve the problems? You know, if you just let it bottle up, that's why the stress is so bad. It just, you, you potentially blow. Do you use good communication to share those feelings, solve those problems? Are you flexible and adaptable? I, I can deal with this, but I need, to, I need to bend sometimes. Go through those 10 things. Are those all strengths for you? Are those some areas that you need to grow in? Identify the growth areas and target it. Grow in that. The strength, that can be the source from which the other areas grow. Thanks for doing your homework. And I hope that you can use some of these thoughts and think about them with your family. How can we work together to get better in some of these cases? All right, let's pray together and then will be dismissed. Father, thank you for uh, the biblical insight. Thank you for what you've said about so many of these subjects. Help us, Lord, to trust you more. And not just personally, help this to be our experience in our families, to be units that grow together. Lord, thank you for the wisdom that's seen in these units that you've created and help us to cherish them and to be bright spots in our families. Uh, bless us now, excuse me, bless us now as we leave this place, keep us safe and give us time to be able to implement these strategies, to enjoy everything you intended in our families. In Jesus' name, amen.